The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The late night anger management class has begun. This is Sports Rage. March Madness has begun as well. Conference tournament action has begun. And the craziness, the upsets are here. It's crazy in the NBA as well. Devin Booker gets kicked out of a basketball game for, I'm not really sure what he said. All right? Like, you know, no, we're not going to know. You know, who knows exactly what he said. But I find it a little bit incredulous that Devin Booker gets kicked out of a basketball game in which there's been like 13 technical fouls in. All right? So I guess it was his second technical in a span of about a minute. Um, And I don't know. The announcers don't know what the hell is going on because they're not close enough to the court. So they didn't even know that Booker got kicked out of the game. They're like, is he just going to the locker room or did he get kicked out of the game? He got kicked out of the game. Uh, there was a big brouhaha with the Lakers, and Vogel got a tech called on him, and LeBron got a technical called, and then LeBron started flipping out at the referees and doing his LeBron thing, and uh, I believe it's Jimmy Jackson on the broadcast, who's a great analyst, great player, uh, basically said, I'll tell you what, you know, LeBron's just working the refs right now, and, and then like 30 seconds later, Devin Booker gets teed up again, but that's his second technical, and he gets kicked out of the basketball game. Come on, man. People are tuning in to watch referees kick superstars out. All right? Devin Booker's one of the best young players in the game uh, right now. The only person who wants to see Devin Booker get kicked out of this basketball game is Ben freaking Simmons. All right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to explain it to you. He's the only one. All right? Besides the Lakers. And that's what LeBron does, eh? Oh, LeBron. LeBron says, oh, yeah, Devin Booker's the most disrespected player in the NBA. And then he basically gets him kicked out of the game. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't Mark Davis who did it. Mark Davis is one of the better referees in, in the National Basketball Association. He's a player's ref. You can talk to him. You can mouth off a bit. All right? He mouthed off to Davis, and he sort of snapped the ball back a little quicker than he should have. I get it. Devin Booker sort of snapped. You know, he bounced the ball to the referee kind of aggressively. All right. Yeah, it wasn't aggressive, but it was and it wasn't. It wasn't worthy of getting kicked out of the game. And Davis looked at him and said, like, yo, chill out. And then some jackass referee that was like 20 feet away kicked that Booker out of the game. I don't have Devin Booker or any player props with Devin Booker, but I do have Chris Paul assists. And it's hard for me to get Chris Paul assist over the number if he's got no one to pass the ball to. Steve Merrill, Andrew McKinnis, Jason B. Takafin. The late night anger management class has begun. Bring it. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? (laughs) You do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk right here. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. We're throwing it down. March Madness is here. You don't need the NCAA tournament for March Madness, people. Let me tell you. All right. Uh, just anybody that watched the uh, the basketball this evening, college or NBA, the craziness is here. And I can't help but think of an old friend of ours who's no longer with us. That was a former colleague of uh, Steve Merrill, Mr. Dave Malinsky. At the start of all these seasons, uh, Steve, Dave would always remind me, Gabriel. Uh, remember uh, the Major League Baseball season or remember the NCAA tournament or the NFL season. Uh, before any season, he'd always remind me that it is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think I forgot about that today as I came out sprinting today, got real excited about Super Tuesday, Steve Merrill. What a crazy day of basketball today. <laughs> yeah, I've often used the uh, marathon and not a sprint line as well. But um, Malensky would be proud of you, though, because you're not afraid to dig into some FCS football. And I don't think Dave was exactly digging into uh, Chinese basketball and Filipino basketball. But <laughs> you did diversify better than the average Joe, though. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think Dave would be proud of some of my late night. I don't want to show Dave my account, uh, actually. If he was with <laughs> us, he, would, he wouldn't be proud of some of the moves uh, that I've made. Uh, but, Steve, I was saying, you don't have to wait for March Madness for, for craziness. And the conference tournaments, I don't know, it just feels like they started early uh, this year. And we're off and running already. And it's funny because, you know, we have Dave uh, Sharpan on with us. Uh, nightly now, who is a longtime odds maker, and he asked us before the Horizon Conference tournament started, what do we think about this tournament? And I said, I'll tell you what, I've been following the Horizon League a long time, and this is one of these conferences that the number one seed or number two seed, the top teams never seem to win and make it to the NCAA tournament. And you want to talk about March Madness and craziness, let's start off in the Horizon tonight, Steve. There were four games. Three of them went to overtime. The one game that didn't go to overtime was a one-point game at 70-69. to 69. And when I say that three to four went to overtime, I'm leaving out the fact that Cleveland State and Purdue-Fort Wayne went to triple overtime. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to get to play again in the near future, right? So I mean, that'll be an interesting angle to look at. The, um, the madness is here for sure. And it, I agree, Gabe. It started early. I mean, it started last Thursday, I believe. You know, I was um, doing a college basketball show actually last Wednesday, maybe. You know, it might have been last Wednesday I was doing the basketball show, and it caught me by surprise. But, yeah, I mean, we're less than a week away from everybody being done in the regular season. And keep in mind, next week, uh, a week from tonight, basically, Wednesday night, is when the shutdowns began and when the NBA, when all the hit the fan with the Utah Jazz a month, a year ago, 
And uh, we're just yeah. one week away from exactly a year ago when everything shut down. That really doesn't seem like, hey, look, in the overall scheme of things, if you told me this summer that time was going to fly, I would have taken it because things are moving pretty slow for a while. So I guess it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I think as, as humans, we just sort of adapt and adjust to whatever the situation happens to be. In a way, it feels like it was a long time ago, and in a way, it feels like it was just yesterday uh, as well. But you're right, we're moving in on the full year uh, right now. But these conference tournaments have begun for real. And, you know, one of the things that I've said, listen, teasers, teasers are not a good play, generally, even for football, right? And I, I asked Jimmy Vaccaro in Vegas, who's one of the old school OGs, about who came up with the name teaser, Right, because it's just so good because it teases you into thinking you're going to win, Steve. Right, and you know ultimately a teaser is really a two-team parlay at minus money. <laughs> right, like I sort of realized that after betting it for years. I'm like, man, it's kind of a stupid bet, even though you get to add the points on. Like, how many times does a teaser really come into play when you use it, etc.? But teasers, Steve. You know, I'm curious your thoughts on teasers. But one thing that we've always said. And, you know, basically, people don't really play NBA teasers. I don't play them. Um, I am a football uh, NFL teaser guy. I refuse. I do not play college football teasers. And I've always said, you know, college teasers are crazy to play because there's so much uh, random randomness to the point spreads and there's blowouts and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. But with that being stated, Merrill, these conference tournament games, and I don't think this is going to be like just like today. I think this is going to be all the time. I've noticed this, and I've talked about this come conference tournament time and NCAA tournament time. You would think during the NCAA tournament, guys, that since it's a bunch of teams that have rarely played each other or haven't played each other, et cetera, in years, that they would have a hard time setting numbers. They don't. It always comes down to the number at this time of the year. So I'm actually thinking, Steve, the college basketball teasers are not so crazy at this time of the year. What's your take on that? Well, hey, look, you're, they're definitely less crazy in March than they are in November. There's no question about yeah. that because you hit on a couple of things. First of all, exactly right, Gabe. A teaser is a two-team parlay. It's just a different type of parlay. You have to, A parlay, by definition, is you have to win all the bets. You're parlaying the winning into the next yeah, game. So basically what you're plays. doing yeah. – <laughs> right, yeah, and people don't think of this when they do a two-team parlay because they make all the bets up front. But basically, you're parlaying the game one went into the game two, went into the game three, when even if they all occur at the same time, where you're getting screwed. And the reason parlays in general are terrible plays is because the math just doesn't work. Um, a three-team parlay, for example, pays like six to one. The true odds are eight to one. That's like a fifteen and a half percent household. Uh, a lane 11 to 10 on a 50-50 wager is like a 4.5% house advantage. So you're giving up tremendous disadvantage in the long run. Teasers are a little different because you are moving the numbers, and you're exactly right about the NFL. It works because football has unique scoring patterns with mostly threes and sevens. So there are key margins in football. 10% of all NFL favorites win by exactly three points. About 5% of the time they win by seven. So taking a team from 7.5 down to 1.5 is a mathematical advantage in the NFL. Less so in college football for another reason you mentioned, because the games are higher scoring, so the points mean less, and the lines aren't as accurate. The NFL lines are very accurate, especially later in the season. Um, yep. College basketball gets interesting because you're exactly right about the conference tournaments. They're the most accurate lines of the season. First of all, the odds makers have 20-plus games of data to work with, so the odds are sharper. Yep. But a lot of times these teams have played two or three times, and then on top of that, Gabe, keep in mind, they now have about 10 or 12 common opponents among themselves in the last two months in conference play. 
So yeah, a lot of games are going to fall within a point or two in conference action. But the final thing you said is what always gets me. It's amazing how accurate the NCAA tournament odds are, because I agree with you. You would think when two teams who haven't played (laughs) any common opponents all season play, but there again, they've got 30-some weeks of data, you know, to work with, and I think that's why those odds are sharp. I don't think you still have a mathematical edge, but hey, look, you definitely are better off playing teasers now than you were three months ago, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, Steve, I happen to be on Youngstown State plus three, and I happen to be on Detroit Mercy, both of which I would have won if I had tees, right? So I'm like, after, I'm like, you know, I just lost. Steve, I lost four games, four overtime games in a row in the last 24 hours. I had West Virginia plus four today against Baylor. Those kids played their heart out, and they lost by five, bro. 94-89. Yeah, I'm looking over the odds, just like the first 12 games tonight on the college schedule, and there's only one or two spots, even the games you mentioned, basically, where, you know, first of all, you could have played both sides. But even then, most yeah. of the time, this is what people forget. They're like, well, I like that team. They won in cover, and I should have used them in a teaser. If you think a team's going to win in cover, it's terrible to use them in a teaser because you're better off just playing them straight because then you don't have to win a second game. So that's another yeah, reason yeah, why yeah, teasers yeah, yeah. in basketball generally aren't a good play. You're better off just playing the game straight if you like them in the first place. But if you like the underdog, like a nice look, if a basketball teaser, five points, Youngstown State today was a bold pick. I like Youngstown State plus the three. Yeah, would have been more comfortable plus eight, Steve. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would have been more win another comfortable. Game. But you got to win yeah, another game. I know. That's the whole catch. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I lost four in overtime, so I would have found another one, Merrill. And then I got I got the Phoenix Suns tonight. I got the Phoenix Suns tonight, Merrill. And Devin Booker gets kicked out of the game for doing nothing. Like, like this. Yeah, yeah. March Madness is here. More with Merrill on the other side. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better at it. Bobby Riggs, thank you. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. 
Sirius XM Channel 204. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. We're kicking it with Steve Merrill, sportsmemo.com, wager talk in the house. Andrew McKinnis will join us later. Uh, we always talk pucks with McKinnis, although he does bet NBA uh, as well. Uh, we'll get into the National Hockey League uh, with Andrew. We have Jason B. Takafin, longtime baseball executive, will join us in level three. We'll take, the, take a look and kick the tire on some of the Major League Baseball win totals uh, that have been posted. Talk uh, Major League Baseball rule changes. Uh, they're playing with a new ball. Every damn year there's something with baseball. Uh, Steve, I know you're not degenerate enough to actually be betting on preseason baseball, uh, but... I don't know, like, if you're aware of, like, the rules of preseason this year. So I don't think a lot of people were aware. So yesterday, Steve, the Red Sox are playing. It's their first game. Red Sox are playing. Garrett Richards on the hill. They're playing the Braves. And um, he's getting lit up in the first inning, bro. All right? He can't get anybody out. It's like, it's like the first inning of the first game. Can't get anybody out. It's one nothing. The bases are loaded. There's one out. And he walked in uh, a run. So the bases are loaded, one out. He's facing a batter. He walks in the runner. He gets to 23 pitches. The inning stops. The inning's over. What? There's a new, there's a new mercy rule, Steve. A mercy rule. There, and, and I know it's only wow. spring training, but I don't care. There's a mercy rule. If the pitcher is pitched more than 20, inning, 20 pitches in the inning, the manager can stop the inning. No matter how many outs are the situation. Um, so, dude, the bases were loaded one out. It was one nothing. They stopped the inning. He came back out and pitched a one, two, three inning in a second. And, and, and get this. <laughs> they decide before the game whether they play five innings or seven innings. It's not even nine. Like, now it's down to five. Not even seven. It's down to five. But they have to say before the game whether they're going to play five or seven. You can't stop laughing, but come on, bro. I get that it's exhibition, but still, we're making a mockery of this thing, Meryl. Yeah, and I guess that's why I hardly saw any totals posted on spring training baseball games today. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a mess. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Did you have the draw? I, I had the three-way between the Cardinals and Marlins. Did you have the seven-inning draw, zero-zero bet? What would that have paid? That's a good point. I mean, you better. This is, i tell you what, you guys bet any baseball. I thought about it today. It's like uh, it's more complicated than betting like a downhill skiing prop during the Olympics. Like we always talk, Steve, like during the Olympics, we all start betting on sports. We really know nothing about, right? Like about the rules and like <laughs> the fine print. And you know what I mean? It's like, well, what does this actually mean? And you're right with baseball. What does it actually mean? Like you're playing a five inning game, Meryl. Like you better be aware going in. Sometimes you guys, you're betting on a five inning game. Like, you're betting, like, a seven-inning game is one thing, but a five-inning game, and I don't know, Steve, I don't care. And I'm a pretty big uh, degenerate. I love betting on this stuff, and I'm not opposed to preseason baseball. I don't really think there's a big edge to it. I will say that you sort of ride the hot teams. Every spring, there's a couple of teams that do kill it, and you just sort of ride them. But I have a hard time betting baseball if I'm going to load the bases and they're able to just end the inning, Steve. It kind of defeats the purpose of the sport. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's almost like, I don't know, you almost it's almost like an advantage to load the bases, isn't it? To just, like, kind of nickel and dime the pitch count of the, you know, so what, so what is it, how many pitches the guy throws? I mean, what is he, 12 years old or something? <coughs> yeah, yeah, 20. That's what I said. We're basically, yeah. like I said, Steve, last night, they're, 
20 pitches. And what I don't understand the logic of, and it's sort of like daylight savings times. Maybe, you know, I think you and I agree on that. Like, I don't understand the logic yeah. of why they do this, but they want to get paid like big league players. And I defend the players against the greedy owners. I do. I mean, but you guys all agree to seven inning games. Then you agree to put runners on second base and extra innings. Now you agree to five inning games. <laughs> like, it's like you guys don't seem to be pretty big on the integrity thing yourselves as far as the players uh, are concerned here. And, I mean, this is becoming like little Timmy and Jenny and the park playing soccer, Steve. We're not even keeping score anymore now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not well, even, it's base, Major League Baseball. I don't care if it's preseason or not. We're playing baseball. I think in a field of dreams and Shoeless Joe walking through the cornfield and, uh, and Burt Lancaster knowing, I cried, knowing you can't go back. When they tell him, you can't go back, Doc. And he's like, I got my at bat. What a moment. You know what I mean? These guys live for the game. Pete Rose killed a catcher in an all-star game, man. You know what I mean? Tommy Lasorda used to play to win in the preseason. I mean, it used to matter. I don't care. I get it. It's not a regular season. But we're making a mockery of this. And I swear, it's like the government, Steve, and everything, all right? And it's like, you know, we always lose rights whenever something happens. Like after 9-11, now during the pandemic and everything sticks. Baseball's using the pandemic to bastardize the game. And just like the government and, the, and what's happening in society, the rich get richer during it. You lose rights and the rich get richer. And isn't it ironic that they play one-tenth as hard and they make ten times more of the money than those guys used to make? Yeah. I'd say that's the thing. You guys are making $40 million, and now you're all agreeing. Yeah, yeah, you want to put a runner on second? I don't care. I'm making 40 mil. I don't care if I win the game or not. That's the thing that shows me, like, they don't care. It's like, yeah, whatever. Seven innings, fine. You know, runner on second base, fine, as long as you pay me. But, let you know, I don't understand. So, But, Steve, True. they say so that, 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 that they're doing this for the pitchers, so they say pitcher availability. Due to the pandemic, they want to make sure they don't wear pitchers out. Yet, I don't understand, why don't you just admit that it doesn't matter and let the pitcher, so who cares if Garrett Richards gets lit up for seven runs? Oh, they don't want to embarrass him? You know what I mean? You're not saving his arm. You put him back out there in the second inning, Steve. You know what I mean? It's not like, all right, we're pulling him in. Like, you can't put him back in. Like, it it doesn't make sense to me. They're like, why are you doing this anyways? But I think we have to th- we have to take a step back because you and I don't think this way because everything we look at is from like an odds and betting perspective for the last 25 plus years. You get you do have to keep in mind these games are being played theoretically to get them ready for the regular season. It's really is practice. They just happen to be betting odds, which they have nothing to do about. And they could probably care less about. So That's when you look point. at it from that perspective, <laughs> it kind of starts making sense. Basically, games. All right. They're putting TV they've cameras in front of a practice training. game. You know, it, it'd be like they've if we were betting on an inter squad scrimmage. I know, but you Which, know, yeah. these games don't matter. They don't have the right. The win loss records mean nothing, just like the NFL preseason means nothing. And I think sometimes we kind of lose perspective of that because we're handicapping these like games when they're really scrimmages. You know, and it's like in the NFL, they yeah. have a couple you know in-house scrimmages against other teams before the preseason starts. Normally, back in the day, you know. The Jets would come down to Carlisle and play the Redskins, you know, like on Thursday afternoon. You know, there's no odds on that. They don't keep score. They stop it in between plays. They make corrections. You know, I think once you start seeing the scoreboard and TV cameras and betting odds, then you feel like it's the real deal. And 
you got to remind yourself sometimes these are basically just scrimmages. Uh, and Steve, I'm not going to lie. How many times have you been like pissed off about a coach's decision in an NFL preseason game? Like, oh, yeah, man, I can relate to that. Hell? Yeah. I'm like, why didn't you kick the field goal, bro? Why didn't you go for it? You could have won the game. You know what I mean? Like when coaches, well, I don't really care about the winning the game. We're going to go for it here. Right? It's like, or like, you know what I mean? Steve's like, ah, you know, people are betting on this coach, right? Yeah, you know, you're right. You raise a good point, but you're sort of just blowing up the whole thing. They're all just sort of dumb <laughs> games. <laughs> They're all just dumb this games. That's why I don't bet on extra all- baseball, though, by the way. <laughs> No, well, even I, even I, yeah, (laughs) even I have it. Out of all the preseasons, the only one I bet on really is NFL. I don't bet, I don't really bet on NBA preseason. I'm not saying I haven't or I won't play a play, you know, DJ and play here or there. Uh, NHL preseason, I don't play, Steve. Um, This, you know, I don't play this stuff, right? But NFL preseason, I do handicap and take seriously. I'll be honest, though, Gabe, I play a lot less NFL preseason than I did 20 years ago. You know, when I started in the mid-90s. Yes, me too. Me too. You know, you could get that information online. You could find the quarterback rotation. One team cared, the other didn't. You laid three. Now it's like you're laying eight. You know, so it's been – the value isn't there like it used to be, for sure. And Malinsky, you know, speaking of Dave, he was the king of that. I mean, he was always reading the papers, you know, in these – you know, it's funny, too, like the mid-major conferences in college basketball. I've had a great college season, 52-25 and 25 at wagertalk.com, and I don't think I've used a small conference game all season. I just don't use them like I used to. You know, 20 years ago, we could get that info in the mid-American, you know, in the MAC and the WAC and stuff, and I just like the big yeah. boys now. I just feel like it's a cleaner handicap. Interesting. Steve Merrill from Wager Talk. Yeah, you've had a great year uh, this year. We'll take a look at the overnight uh, numbers as we continue on our conversation uh, with Steve uh, Merrill. So college basketball crazy uh, right now. We were talking about uh, playing teasers. These numbers are just so sharp, and I think they will continue to be as conference tournaments uh, roll on uh, right now. Um, so, Steve, let's let's jump in, actually. And let's take a look at some of this stuff where I find it interesting. This is going to be the time of the year now where a team loses and then people bury them. You know what I mean? Like um, like Baylor, you know, lose a couple of games. Oh, Michigan's better than Baylor. Michigan moves up. Now Michigan get uh, blasted tonight. And suddenly, oh, the Michigan negativity will start, especially if Michigan lose one of the two games coming up this week uh, to, uh, to Michigan State. But Illinois, big win for Illinois. We'll give you the updated numbers right now. Illinois, you're now the fourth choice to win the national championship at 10 to 1. And we'll get Merrill's thoughts if he's buying in, did the alumni are legitimate national championship contenders? Bring it. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talking about sports. But talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, look! There's a big crowd. Welcome us back, even though we lost. Hey, I'll give you something to cry about, you loser. You can't catch a football? Let's see if you can catch a rock. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Dave Morenzi. Kicking it with Steve Merrill. Wager Talk. Uh, .com, Wager Talk uh, TV. So, Steve, you mentioned you've been focusing in on the major conferences uh, this year collegiately. So, there's big value if you do not believe that one of these top three teams are going to win. There's a big drop-off as far as the odds are concerned, guys. Gonzaga plus 250 right now. Baylor plus 350. Michigan plus 420. Uh, they were plus 400. After losing, uh, they had 20 cents. <laughs> plus 420. Illinois, now 10 to 1. Villanova, 13 to 1. So after Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan, Steve, there's big value with everybody. Bigger, bigger odds. I don't know if I should use the term value, but... There's at least double-digit odds with everybody else after those three teams. And people are putting a lot of stock and a lot of assumption that somehow Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan are all untouchable. And they're all just locks to make it to the Final Four. You and I both know crazy things can happen along the way. Big win for Illinois tonight without their best player as well. Illinois check-in at 10-1 to 1 right now. Are you buying into Illinois in the big picture? Uh, I mean, the Big Ten's been loaded. If you look at some of the power ratings right now for the top seven teams in the country are Big Ten. Of course, I still think Michigan's the best of all of them. And What a difficult scheduling spot. I mean, Michigan played Ohio State. They played Iowa. They did not let down against Indiana like you would have thought. You know, I thought Saturday would have been that flat spot. I didn't go against them, but thought they maybe would be a little flat. They win that game. You know, tonight was a tough spot. You just can't have your A game each and every week. But if you look at all the um, efficiency rankings – there's only one team in the country that's top six in both offense and defense, and that's Michigan. Gonzaga and now Houston. It used to be Baylor. Gonzaga and Houston are the only other two that are top ten in both offense and defense. Uh, Baylor's fallen a bit defensively recently. Um, and look, if there's ever a year where you think some craziness would happen in the tournament, that you would expect it to be this year, you know, with the different formats. There are going to be fans of these games, but not as many as normal. So we'll see what happens. I still think a team like Houston that nobody's talking about with a really slow-down, good half-court defense – uh, could be dangerous. Uh, Michigan obviously plays pretty good D as well. But if you look at all these top ten teams, um, Houston is probably the best slowdown half court D of all of them. And I just feel like you know not a lot of people are talking about them because they've played a you know a weaker conference. Uh, but overall, their schedule strength is actually stronger than Gonzaga still, and stronger than a lot of teams. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. Is there anything more annoying than an end of an NBA game when a team is losing and they refuse to shoot? It's like you know you're losing, right? Like, no, like, I don't understand. Like, the Lakers are losing by 10 points. There's, like, 15, 20 seconds left, and they don't shoot. Like, they stand around. They pass the ball around. Like, why won't you shoot, Steve? Like, you're losing the game. You're not going to come back, but why wouldn't you just shoot? Is it like I'm too cool? I'm not going to waste that effort? 
It's like one of the most incredibly frustrating freaking things in the NBA to me, bro. In modern sport like the NBA and college does it too. Like teams, they dribble it out. They dribble it out. It's like, dude, you're losing a game. Just shoot the damn ball. If they, if let the other team, if the other team wants to dribble it out after, let them dribble it out. But you're the one losing. The team losing should never dribble it out, Steve. It's like taking a knee I, I agree. while you're losing a football game. Yeah, that's true. That, that has a, that's a good analogy, actually. Like, the football team's down by 21. They still play, and that's much more risk yeah, to injury in that ball. sport than in basketball. Yeah, and, and you can get hurt still in any football play. Because I was going to use my analogy once again to keep in mind, these guys aren't thinking about the betting numbers on the game. And if they're down by 10 with 15 seconds to go, they don't care anymore. So, But the football one's a good analogy. You never see a team take a knee except for, like, at the first half maybe going into the locker room. So that's a good point. Oh, I had I had one of those nights tonight. I had Dennis Schroeder over 17 and a half points. This son of a bitch, man. He missed a dunk late. Then he did get fouled twice, and they didn't call it because I guess the game wasn't close enough or they just don't like him, so they didn't call it. Um, man, and I had an in-game. Listen, I had Phoenix, and I had the over. So coming in, I guess it was good, Steve. I got greedy, a little in-game action. I guess I'm lucky. Pretty crazy, Steve. Devin Booker gets kicked out of this game early in the third quarter. They still beat the Lakers by 10. Yeah, I mean, what do we make of this Laker team? You know, we talked about load management, and I'd said in my, I did an NBA preview show on wagertalk.com TV like a few months ago, and I said, play under Clippers, under Bucks, under Lakers, the three highest win totals, because it would be load management. That's looking pretty good right now, to say the least. Uh, but you just wonder, can the Lakers flip a switch when they get Davis back come playoff time? Uh, because they've looked very beatable recently. It's just like they're going through the motions. Well, I'll tell you what, it goes to show just how valuable Davis really is to this basketball team. People were talking about, oh, Dennis Schroeder's back. Yeah, good for him. Uh, whatever. Um, you know, Dan P., I love how people overestimate some of these sort of role player journeyman guys. But, and Schroeder's a good player, but nevertheless. But the thing is, you look at AD, last year they won the title, Steve. Two years ago, they weren't in the playoffs. LeBron was there right. without AD. The Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Now, suddenly, AD is out. And what's their record? Like, two. now it's two and six, I think. Maybe three and six, whatever the hell it is. It's not good. You yeah, know no, I, I, mean? I had that argument. Yeah, I had that argument last summer. I was doing. I was hosting the NBA tip-off show every day on Wager Talk TV, and I was telling these guys, I was like, "Who's more important, Davis or LeBron?" And then we all kind of agreed, "What's well, a stupid argument?" Because if either one of them is out there, a mediocre team, and I think we're saying that. That's the deal. Yeah, I guess that's that's the deal. I mean, look at that. Look yeah, at their supporting cast. I mean, have you ever seen a championship team? Because I pointed this out last, like, August and September. I was like, when they were going to win the title, I'm like, I can't think of my 30 years of watching NBA that there's ever been a team with a worse, like, third player than the Lakers. Like, you know, I mean, Rodman was on the Bulls, you know, great rebounder. Kerr was a shooter. I mean, who else on the Lakers would you care about other than those two? And I guess Schroeder, you could maybe make a case for him, but there's not much on that roster. He wasn't even on the team last year. Um, he, right, exactly. he just got here yeah, this that was, year. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking yeah. last year. He wasn't even there. Exactly. Yeah, right. I don't know who I would have picked the third guy last year. I mean, it was really – it's amazing how Paul powerful Paul those two. But, I mean, you got two of the – well, you got two of the maybe, what, four best players in the league? I mean, they could be two – I don't know. Yeah. Where would you rank Davis and LeBron? They're obviously one, two, three maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty exactly. powerful. They're two of the top five players, let's say. I think that's a safe safe thing to say. thing with AD like, is he's got to stay on the court more, right? You know, he's often injured. He is one of the best players in the league when he's when he plays. He puts up a million points. I like to see him be more aggressive on the glass. Um, I like to see him be more aggressive rebounding-wise. But 
And, you know, Steve, you talked about it. I say it all the time. These games don't matter, bro. We're not even at the All-Star break yet, right? LeBron's not worried about losing to Phoenix right now in March. Yeah, he's worried about losing to these guys in May, right? But, but with that being stated, this Phoenix team, Steve, hard to say, hard to say not to buy in. And when we focus so much on Utah because of Utah's dominant run, but I'll tell you what, Phoenix are having a hell of a year right now, Steve. They started the season eight, uh, eight and eight. They're 15-3 and three since the 8-8 eight eight start. Yeah, Phoenix has been quietly consistent for a long while now. And you're right, I de- it definitely gets overshadowed by Utah. There's no question about that. And uh, by the way, you know, I'm not trying to catch a falling knife. It's the same thing with a thrown up. I don't know what Utah would be, the opposite of a falling knife. They'd be a rising knife, I guess, but not trying to catch a rocket. <laughs> but they've now failed to cover two of their last three and lost two of their last three games. I'm wondering if maybe this is that turning sign. Uh, I would say if you blindly play against them for the next, what, 20 games, you probably break even or make money at this point. That's just my prediction. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I was thinking. You know, Steve, I was reading about this. So the biggest win streak um, in NBA history, ATS-wise, hard to believe. If I asked you the team, Steve, if I, you know, once I say it, you'll sort of remember, but it surprised me. Give me, me the year. Like, it's not, it's 2015-16. It was like 2015. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, not even that wow. long ago, I know. The Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, vaguely would have remembered that, but yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I wow. know. The Atlanta Hawks guys covered 20 straight games. <laughs> they covered wow. 20 straight games. And they only ended up, they ended up uh, covering 50 times. They went 50 and 32 against the spread. It's almost like shooting a three-point shot, Steve. You're not going to cover 25 of 30 basketball games throughout the entire year at that rate, right? It's just because the number, you might be able to win that much. Like, you know what I mean? You might be able to win 70 games or whatever. Like, well, since only playing 72 this year, you know what I mean? You could win outright a lot of games and only lose a couple of times, but covering is even harder, obviously. But it's a good point that you're raising. I've been wondering about this too. They're three and three straight up in their last six games. All right, and they're now they're on the East Coast. Now they have a target on their back, and now they're laying two and a half points vi- visiting against the Philadelphia 76ers, who are point blank lethal snipers at home. Steve, as you know, dichotomy. Yeah, the big thing Merrill. for me, was, dichotomy, buddy. Well, the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Well, were well, you? you you talked about you know the you know covering twenty straight because you know theoretically the point spread's supposed to make everything fifty fifty you know and that's why I lay an eleven to ten like I said earlier you have a four and a half percent house disadvantage or house advantage but to make it fifty fifty they have to keep adjusting the line and when a team covers twenty straight they got to eventually inflate the line too much and that just hadn't been the case with Utah you know they've been laying single digits in most of these games and they're winning by double digits. Um, now we're starting to see that line get crept up a little bit. And Philly's a very good team. And the other thing I'll point out, too, about Utah, they haven't beaten a lot of, like, Class A teams the last couple months. They've had a fairly easy schedule. They lost to the Clippers. They lost to the Heat. You know, now they play the Sixers. So I still don't think necessarily Utah's even the best team in the league when all is said and done. But it's been a monster run. And, by the way, the last week or so, Gabe, I've been seeing a lot of those articles as well in the mainstream media. That's usually the sign of a bubble. Yeah, it's exactly it. And you know what? So the Atlanta Hawks, um, so the, the Atlanta Hawks, it was 19 and 1. 19 and 1 through 20 games, not 20 and 0, my bad. Nin- 19, it was 2015. 
but they went 19 and one from December 15th through January the 25th through a 20 game um, a 20 game number. Utah went 18 and two. So um, the U- the Atlanta Hawks 2000 right the, the longest of streak 19 and one. Uh, an incredible run here though. But as you stated, so and it's always tough, Steve. It's always tough in the NBA overnight, man. It's a challenge doing an overnight show in this league, talking about these games, specifically a team like Philadelphia. So I don't know what the deal with Tobias Harris is, but Joel Embiid played the other night. Um, So if, let's say, Harris is out, but Embiid and Simmons are playing, everyone else is there, but Tobias Harris is out, and it's two and a half. Like I said, how do you not take Philadelphia here, bro? I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think that's the case for the line is starting to get overinflated. They have to do that. When a team is covering like Utah, at some point, they have to start. The perfect example is a Miami game last Friday. Miami was plus seven at Utah a week and a half earlier. They're plus six and a half at home just a couple weeks later in the same matchup. Um, and they won the game outright. So I do think these odds are now getting to the point where the line value is no longer going to be with Utah. So I do think there's probably some value with Philly for that reason. All right, so looking at the overnight numbers uh, right now, it's amazing how this stuff works, Steve. The Cleveland Cavaliers didn't cover for what, like 10, 11 straight? And then they rattle off four in a row. Cavs are getting six at home to the Pacers. Utah Jazz are two and a half point road favors to the Sixers. Brooklyn Nets, guys. So Brooklyn lays six and a half at Houston. That number's short, Merrill. When you consider how bad Houston is and you consider James Harden's going to want to murder these guys. Yeah. Wrap it up with Merrill on the other side. Three-minute warning, level one coming up. Bring it. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Three minute morning, level one. Steve Merrill with us for a couple of more minutes. Uh, overnight numbers are right now. The Chicago Bulls get five and a half. The Bulls have been good underdogs, Steve. They were on a little bit of a run. They hit a wall uh, at uh, at home uh, here over the last uh, couple of games. They go on the road right now. The Pelicans are one of the trickier handicaps in the league, aren't they? 
they can be as good as anybody or they can be kind of sloppy defensively and get blown out uh, as well. The Pelicans are a tough team to cap, but when they're on their game, they're a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's been working pretty well with New Orleans is just playing the over in recent weeks. Uh, Stan Van Gundy has not gotten them playing any defense. And what's comical, we talked about this actually on NBA Tip-Off on Wager Talk TV yesterday, is that he said they're going to focus more on defense. I think they've gone over like five straight since he said that. So they're pretty much a straight over team for me right now. But that also, Gabe, is getting priced in. That game yesterday um, was 19 points higher than the line just a month ago when they played each other. That um, yeah. I think it was New Orleans. Who they play yesterday? Was it Sacramento? I can't recall, but it was 19 points higher than a month jazz. earlier. The over under line. Whatever the hell it was, it was the Jazz. Yeah, yeah whoever jazz. that team was. Uh, yeah, but they put up 254 points. There's 254 points. No, it was the Jazz. Like said, yeah, it was because I was we talk about all these We analyzed streaks. that game in the show yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Utah. We talk about, about all these streaks, Merrill of like ATS and stuff and Phoenix are smoking hot right now. Nine and two ATS last 11, but the Pelicans, yeah, I don't, don't quote me exactly, but I think Steve, it's 21 and three now in the last 24 games to the over. I think it's that. And we see that it's in that ballpark. And as you know, Gabe, there's a reason why the limit on totals in the NFL, the NBA, any sport is like half, you know, what you can bet on a side because Odds makers struggle to price them right, and we see a lot of these monster runs every season with totals. So definitely have no fear riding momentum with totals, and that's something I don't do. I'm not going to buck an overrun like that until I see it reverse. I keep waiting for it to reverse, but it isn't. Not with the Pelicans. And I tell you what, the Bulls are one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA as well. We took the over in the Bulls-Nuggets game the other night, guys. Went over the numbers. But people don't realize that the Bulls are the seventh highest scoring team in the NBA. Uh, New Orleans are like the third or second highest scoring team. Uh, thanks, Dave. Thank you. The late night anger management class continues. They rush. Crucify. Let it be done.